Welcome to Recovery at Pal. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. We believe that God allows us to call out to Him just as we are, and that we are worthy of the love and the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. No matter what's holding you down, such as grief and loss, addiction, codependency, sexual integrity, or your loved one who suffers from addiction, we are all recovering from something. We recover with Jesus, the 12 steps, and we recover together as a community. You can find our recovery page at palchurch.com. Click on the recovery link to find out more about us. Visit with us Thursdays for a free meal, worship, and small groups. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, invite Jesus to sit with you, and enjoy this message of hope that follows. Uh, We started a new sermon series last week, and it's called Teacher. And we're following Jesus through the gospel of Matthew. And as we do, we're working our 12 steps. And within this new series, Jesus teaches us every lesson. He teaches us everything we need to know about the 12 steps, about ourselves, and also about his loving pursuit of each and every one of us. And we're all heavenly uh, sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. As Jesus calls out to us, and we become willing to follow him toward a new way of life and of, re- of our recovery. And the gospel of Matthew is rich. It's, ri- it's rich with all these very sacred moments of the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And throughout those moments found in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus is the Son of God. He is our Savior, and He is our beloved teacher. And last week, we began with step one. It's a good place to start, isn't it? And uh, we admitted we were powerless over our compulsive behaviors, our addictions and our losses, and that our lives had become unmanageable. And what we really focused on last week is that, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to really admit that our lives are un- unmanageable. I think we got that part. We, we get that, right? But it's harder. It's so much harder to actually admit that we're powerless. That's the hard part. And Jesus walked us through his fasting in the desert where he was tempted by the evil one. And we have all been tempted. Amen? Yeah. And Jesus shows us, and he has taught us through that uh, uh, moment in Scripture that we can admit that we are powerless, that we can do it. Jesus showed us how to do that. He is our teacher, and he showed us that our powerlessness is actually a holy gift from our Heavenly Father. And as we worship the Lord our God, as we serve only Him and never ourselves, we can admit and we can accept that position of powerlessness. And tonight, we're going to journey into step two. And we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Jesus is our higher power, and He is our teacher. So let's look at our first scripture. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 4, and it's verses 18 through 22. Hear these words. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them, and, he, and immediately they left the boat 
and their father, and they followed him. Will you all pray with me? Sovereign Father, hallowed be thy name. Lord Father, that you gave us our teacher, Jesus, to save us from ourselves, we are grateful. And within this safe space tonight, we are all in a different and personal place of recovery, and yet we are the same. Some of us are just beginning. Whether we still feel trapped or we're reaching out to you for the very first time. Some of us have embraced our powerlessness, and some of us are ready to believe in something that's bigger than we are and that there is a power greater than ourselves. Father, allow us to leave everything behind which holds us back from following Jesus, our teacher. Please show us the way we ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus, your Holy Son, we offer this prayer to you tonight. Amen. Fishing is a uh, commercial trade that's ex it's extremely hard work, it's extreme, extremely labor-intensive. Um, we've all seen at one point in time or another the reality shows that you can find on Discovery or Hulu or Netflix or however it is you get your TV now. Uh where we can witness firsthand what it looks like in the fishing industry, uh, how, how really dangerous it can be, right? There's all kinds of shows. There's Deadliest Catch. There's River Monsters. That one's fun. There's uh, All on the Line. Uh, my husband's favorite for a really long time was Wicked Tuna. Yeah. We all enjoy that one, yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of fishing shows. And, and even um, though these are reality shows, the reality is it's pretty real that they're not for the faint of heart, that commercial fishing trade. And so uh, there's real issues when it comes to that profession of safety, injury, fear, uh, exhaustion. Uh, it even takes dedication. It takes hard work. It takes really um, a little bit of crazy, if we think about it. To be that hardcore fisherman in these days, on the wild and the treacherous seas and the waters, uh, it's a hard job. And uh, back in the days of when Jesus walked the shores of the Sea of Galilee, fishing was just as hard, if not even more so. Uh, fishing required a lot of physical and a lot of mental strength. And it all happened at night. And that's what we see on the TV shows too, right? They're fishing at night. Uh, back in those days of Jesus, there's much labor and there's lots of darkness and there's no sleep. And as the daylight comes, uh, that's the time for trading. That's the time for cleaning. That's the time for repairing. And there's contracts and there's taxes and there's very little profit. And there's no rest. And the fishermen were stuck in the same repetitious routine every single day without ever really experiencing or enjoying that light, that, that light of the day. And fishermen in the days of Jesus, they had to be extremely skilled for everything they did, not just uh, extreme skills for the fishing. That was really important for the catch. But um, 
all of the stuff that took place during the day as well. We're talking about repairing. We're talking about mending. We're talking about all these things that happened to the boats and all these things that happened to the nets. That stuff took place in the daylight hours. So keeping those resources in good working order was extremely crucial to making a living as a fisherman. The nets that were made uh, back then, they were made out of linen, and it was a really common, and it was an easy-to-get fabric, linen was, back in those days for the nets. And after that long night of fishing, they uh, did that for the li their livelihoods. They did that to support their families. During the day, the linen nets, they had to be cleaned, you can imagine, What's all in those nets, right? So all that had to be cleaned. The repairs had to be made in the torn nets. They had to be laid out to dry in the hot sun of the day. And all of these skills that they practiced, um, all that had to be done to, to really um, keep their linen nets in good working order. Otherwise, they're going to quickly rot and they're going to quickly ruin. All that's going to happen if they don't stay on top of it. There were even corks that were attached. Uh, they were lost and they were placed. And, and all of that happened to allow one side of the net to float. And then all the rest of the sides of the net, they had these stone sinkers with little holes drilled in them. And that was, uh, those were also lost and replaced. And on and on it went. But those little stone sinkers helped the rest of the, the net sink into the water so that the fish could be caught. So the repairs and the mending, those were just as important tasks as the fishing. And the working and the striving and doing the same things over and over, it never stopped. The trading and the taxes, the obligations and the contracts to the Roman Empire, the powers, none of that ever stopped either. And the fishermen almost always stayed in debt, no matter how good they were or how skilled they were or how hard they worked. Uh, they stayed behind, the fishing, the repairing, the mending, the casting out the net over and over again. They can never get ahead no matter how hard they tried. And when Jesus walks along the shore and he begins to call out to Peter and he begins to call out to Andrew, the brothers, they're continuing to try again and again to cast out their net into the sea. And as Jesus calls out to James and John, the sons of Zebedee, also brothers, they're in the boat and they're with their dad and they're mending those nets and Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people, fishers of men. And the scripture says immediately, not later, immediately, Peter and Andrew left their nets to follow Jesus. And the scripture says immediately, James and John, they left the boat and their father. Immediately, they followed Jesus. So after spending their whole lives doing that same thing over and over, um, expecting that different result, right? In that constant state of insanity, I mean fishing. Imagine all of those four brothers, two and two. They dropped everything. They left it all and they ran towards Jesus to follow him. All they knew is that they'd been personally called by Jesus. He was the Messiah. He was the one they had waited for. He was the one that had been prophesied about. Here he was, and he was calling to them, just lowly fishermen, to believe in a power that was greater than themselves, themselves who could restore them to sanity. 
And they immediately said yes, and they left everything, and they followed him. Now Jesus, being the great teacher, full of wisdom, he knew that to be fishers of men, to be followers, to be future disciples, it would require a lot of hard work, dedication, lack of sleep, exhaustion, extreme travel on rough waters, much skill, repairing and mending, and maybe a little bit, just a touch of crazy, right? Right. All that has to happen and be a part of them so that they could follow him and believe in his power. And because Jesus is our great teacher, he's the holy son of God, and he is full of knowledge, he chose loyal and devoted fishermen, teachable, to be fishers of men. And little did they know at that time that by immediately leaving everything behind to follow Jesus, to believe in a power greater than themselves, that their entire lives would change forever. And tonight, within our own recovery stories, we're all fishing for something, aren't we? We have been for a long time. We're casting out our nets over and over and over again, and we try really hard, as hard as we can, and we're dedicated to finding what we believe will sustain our power. We work so hard, and we work hard hiding in the dark, searching. We strive even harder in the daylight when we're trying to take things back and take it all and mend it because we didn't mean to do it. We make a mess out of most of our days, and we make a mess out of most of our nights, and then we try to repair it, and then we cast out our nets again and again, and we're committed, and we're expecting that different result, and we can't seem to get ahead, no matter how hard we try. But Jesus, he calls out to us in all of our exhaustion and in all of our insanity, and he says, I'm that something different that you've been searching for. Will you follow me? And if you'll follow me, I'll teach you how to leave all of that whole illusion of power behind so that you may believe in a power so much greater than who you are or what you're holding on to just as tight as you possibly can. I am he. Immediately, Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, they left everything behind. And we can do that too. And they immediately follow Jesus, and we can follow Jesus too. And although we have no idea what's next as we turn toward step two, and we follow Jesus, the teacher begins to teach us how to be future disciples for him, for his glory, as we begin to carry the message. Little did we know. And that's where we're going to pick up the scripture in Matthew's gospel. We're going to look at uh, verses 23 through 25 of chapter 4. Jesus went throughout all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease, every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria. They brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains. People possessed by demons or having epilepsy or afflicted with paralysis, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond 
the Jordan. So why does Jesus call out to us to follow him? So that he can teach us. He wants to teach his followers to believe in him. He is here so that we can believe in his power to restore us to sanity so that we can let him be our teacher so that we do become willing. And it sure beats the heck of what we're trying to do so far, doesn't it? And I believe that's what the disciples thought too. Step two says, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And when we follow him, Jesus is our teacher. And he teaches us to believe in his power, the power of God. Matthew's gospel says that Jesus went everywhere teaching. How does Jesus teach us to follow him? Well, let's break down the scripture and see, shall we? Um, Jesus, he calls out to us. He calls out to Peter. He calls out to Andrew. He calls out to James and he calls out to John. And then he goes all around Galilee, all of it, proclaiming the gospel the good news, the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, it is meant to be heard. We hear him. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Our Bibles told us all about that in the previous scriptures from last week, right? Jesus is near. He is our solution. He's so much bigger than we are. God has the power, and it was never ours for the taking. Leave everything behind. All of our old behaviors, our torn nets, our mending, our striving, leave it all behind and follow Jesus because he's so very near to us. What does our recovery program promise us? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? The kingdom of heaven is near and his name is Jesus Christ. This is the good news. This is the gospel. The brothers heard the sound of his voice and they followed and they believed. And we hear the good news too. And we drop everything immediately and we follow him and we believe in him. We believe in anything that is greater than ourselves. And oh my gosh, it is Jesus. We hear Jesus. We must be willing to listen to him, to hear the good news, to believe. The scripture says that Jesus cures every single person who is afflicted. Jesus heals every disease, every sickness among all of the people, everyone who's sick, everyone who, who is in pain, everyone who is paralyzed and in bondage to their afflictions. The scripture says that he cures them all. Jesus is our teacher and we see what he does. We see him in action. We see him walking and we see him healing by God's power alone. He heals anyone who is suffering, anyone who's enslaved, stuck within the same behaviors day after day, night after night, relational, spiritual, emotional, physical. His followers witness Jesus healing anyone who follows him. Anyone who gathers around him, the healing power is being offered by Jesus, through Jesus. They see it with their own eyes. They see what Jesus can do. Are we willing tonight? Are we willing to see what Jesus can do for us? Are we willing to believe in a power greater than ourselves? Are we willing to leave everything behind, all of our compulsive behaviors, which keep us in bondage? We see Jesus. 
We see a way out. He's the one who says that we can move forward. We see him healing everyone around us, don't we? And he's clearly teaching us of everything that we can do to move towards our recovery. He does it for us. Are we willing to believe he heals us too? Seeing is believing. This is what the scripture says that Jesus is doing. He's the teacher. He's the power who is greater than any of us. And he's restoring everyone who approaches him for their sanity. We follow him. We are his student. And because he's so very near to us, to teach us, well, we see Jesus as our teacher, to believe in his power instead of our own. We see him. Are we willing to gaze upon him to witness the power of his good news? And finally, the scripture says his fame spread. All throughout the land, Jesus, our teacher, we hear him, we see him, and now we have proof. Our scripture said it clearly. Great crowds followed him. Listen to this. Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in all the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him. They brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, people possessed by demons and having epilepsy or afflicted with paralysis. He cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Rings a little different now, doesn't it? Jesus, our teacher, our savior, he becomes famous. And his power cannot be contained. Everyone has heard about the Messiah, and they're coming from everywhere to be healed. And Jesus is clearly teaching his followers, his disciples, how to be fishers of men so that others can follow Jesus too, so that each of us can follow and we can tell another lost one of the good news of Jesus Christ for other folks to follow him. And what do we call him? Teacher. How many times uh, have we said this to somebody or has somebody said this to us? This is what we hear, isn't it? If Jesus can heal me, I'm certain that he can do the same thing for you too. If he can take an old sinner like me and make me who who he's transferred me me into be be to, then he can do that for you too, right? And it doesn't matter what you've done or how far down to the bottom you have fallen. Jesus has the power to help you rise up and out of your place of insanity. And all you have to do is immediately stop what you're doing and follow him. Are we willing to hear? I could not stop drinking no matter how hard I tried. And Jesus told me to follow him. I could not stop using my drug of choice. And Jesus told me that he was more powerful than any high that I could search for. Amen. Amen. I could not rise up out of my place of self-pity and anger as I tried to control others. And Jesus said, guess what? My heavenly father is in control. 
I demanded to constantly be the center of attention, drowning in my sea of self. And Jesus told me I could be smaller and that he could be bigger and that he could be greater. I was lost in my shame, doing stuff I shouldn't be doing in a really dark place. And Jesus said that he would be my light from now on. I lost my spouse, my family. I became homeless because of consequences I had to face for my actions. And Jesus said, I'll give you a purpose. I'll give you a job. I'll restore your family by my power. I kept casting out my torn net, searching for money and happiness and titles and anything else that I thought I could force into my God-shaped hole. And I lost track of my days and I lost track of my nights and I landed in that place of brokenness. And Jesus called out to me and he said, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of people. And I left it all behind. And immediately I became willing to follow Jesus. And I believed in a power greater than myself. And I was set free from my bondage. And he restored me to sanity. He healed me and he made me whole. Finally, now, when we hear it that way, can we believe that Jesus has always been for us and he's never been against us. There's a, a strange name that we came across in our scripture. It's a place and it's called Decapolis. And as Jesus taught his followers, this place Decapolis, it was a Greek, na a Greek name for territories uh, originally made up of 10 surrounding cities. Deca, is 10. Polis, not to be confused with the police, right? Polis is a city, okay? So Decapolis, right? Other translations of our Bibles uh, will call Decapolis the 10 towns. And Decapolis was a region that was east of the Sea of Galilee in, in the Jordan River. So when the scripture says, great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan, you can imagine all of the surrounding areas where the people came from. They came from Galilee, Jerusalem, Judea, from beyond the Jordan, plus 10 more towns to hear Jesus, to see Jesus, to witness the healing of Jesus, to believe in him. Followers of Jesus immediately leaving everything behind so that Jesus can teach them how to recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. His followers came from all around, from everywhere, to witness the teachings of Jesus. And I have no idea tonight what's keeping you in that hopeless place of repetitious behaviors. That's between you and God. But I know who holds the power to restore you to sanity. And this evening, as uh, the day has given way tonight, in this safe space for Recovery at Powell, we've come from all over surrounding cities, at least 10 towns and probably more, haven't we? Just to get a glimpse of God's power. Knoxville, Halls, Clinton, Oak Ridge, Maynardville, Lake City. 
Carryville, Farragut, Marvel, Sevierville. And Jesus is in this place tonight. We hear Jesus. We see Jesus. And we believe in Jesus. He's our teacher. And he offers us a sacred invitation. Follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus teaches us to believe that we can leave everything at his feet. No matter what it is. And immediately, we follow him. It's in the name of Jesus that we offer this message tonight. Amen. As you journey into your next moment or your next 24 hours of recovery, know that you are worthy, loved, and welcome at Recovery at Powell any Thursday night from 5.45 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Check us out online at powellchurch.com and visit the recovery link for more information. Let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.